I got a dream of winning a Super Bowl. I got a dream of being in a Pro Bowl. I'm really not into dreams anymore, okay? I'm into the nightmares. There it is! Caught! Touchdown! Raiders! You're listening to the Autumn Windbags, an audio attack from the Silver and Black. Here are your windbags, RJ Clifford and Juan Soto. Yeah, it is with episode of the Autumn Windbags. RJ Clifford, Juan Soto, let's have some fun today. Uh, Juan Soto, I hope that um, you've got warm clothes since you've just been traded from the Padres to the Yankees. You're going from just gorgeous San Diego weather to the Big Apple. Congratulations. Yeah, Again, the high-class bitches, though. They yeah. keep me warm. I well, I would I would put San Diego chicks up against anywhere. I said high class. I didn't oh, say hotter. True. Yeah, well, I feel like the uh, the less classy ones will keep you warm, right? I feel like the high classy ones are just kind of like I'm not I saying anything bad about San Diego girls, but the chance of you getting a girl with hairy armpits in San Diego is a lot higher. You got a lot of international girls in New York. Not all cultures. I mean, ride that pony that way. I mean, I'll tell you this: I've seen more stinky, dreadlock-haired white girls in San Diego than anywhere else. Yeah, touche. You do get that. Yeah, get a lot. They'll keep you warm. They'll keep you warm. Well, the extra hair, you know. That heat, that 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 funk coming off will keep me warm. I guess that's why you love your cats so much. They remind you of a hairy hippie San Diego chick. It's just like a smooth transition, that, you know. That real, funk is, is real smooth transition. Something different. <laughs> that 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 armpit just body. Oh, Blech. well, I'm feeling uh, rejuvenated, revitalized after a bye week. It's kind of nice just to like just watch some football without ha- having my heart jump out of its chest. It's nice, you know. There was some good games out. too. And I'm just yeah, my feet up, not really giving a crap. Just enjoying, right? Not. Just drinking for fun and not drinking for my nerves. Nice change of pace. Uh, so a report came out. Hondo Carpenter from SI. And we'll get to Hondo here in a little bit, but I wanted to address this. The title of the article, people think Mark Davis would love to bring back John Gruden back to the Raiders. And he said on his podcast, I'm going to tell you there are a lot of people who feel that Mark Davis, more than Tom Brady and Jim Gray, the person he trusts the most is John Gruden. I would love to bring him back. I'm hearing from multiple people around the league that if John were willing to drop his lawsuit, they believe the NFL would give a passive nod to go back and rehire him. Everyone keeps talking about John Gruden. So a lot of moving parts here in this report. First off, he's going to drop the lawsuit. Every report we've seen has said he wants to burn everything down. This is about principle. He doesn't need for money. Um, I mean, the chance to coach again is probably the only thing in the world that could get him to drop the lawsuit. But he's got time on his hands. Like He can just wait for discovery. He can wait for all this stuff to happen and and leverage that. Because it seems like he's in the driver's seat in this lawsuit. And and also, is there is it a guarantee that even if he's suing the league, he can't coach? Like is I know obviously muddies the waters, but is that like a hard and fast rule that if you're in a lawsuit with the league? Yeah, like Al Davis was suing the league before breakfast once a week, right? Like he can Yeah, so that, that, that's that's my point of view. What's stopping John Gruden from coaching again if he wins the lawsuit? Mm-hmm. Nothing. Especially the Raiders, especially, especially if this is true. John Gruden is going to win this lawsuit. If he pursues it, he's going to win. He just has to wait it out. It's going to be a waiting game. There's going to be a lot of motions and this is a lot of stuff to, to muddy the waters. Okay. NFL's got endless funds. And then you have attack on all the funds, all the money that each owner has, and they're gonna they're gonna try to stop things from happening. Yeah. But if John Gruden stays the course, he's gonna win this lawsuit. You're that confident? Yes. I, I've because seen Doctor Soto before. I've never seen Attorney Soto before. No, this is this is as slam dunk as you can. If he lives mm. long enough, if he lives long enough for this 
the proceedings really? to go all the way through, he's going to win this loss. So you've been running through court filings. You've been looking at data. I like your I confidence. I don't have to. I, clearly. I like your I think, confidence. I think, every, I think any reasonable person can look and see that by what went public, how it went public, the fact that nothing else was said to be found and nothing else was given or shown yeah. it just just that by itself okay tells me that there's no way that John Gruden if he if he just follows it's like you know dots his eyes and crosses his T's and lowercase J's and all that stuff he'll be fine he's gonna win so what's stopping if Mark Davis really does want to hire him back what's stopping John Gruden from coaching in the NFL if he wins the lawsuit nothing Nothing is stopping him. So if I'm John Gruden, I think he'll why? get what he wants out of it. Like he'll get to discovery and he'll clear his name going the potentially 10 years of litigation to a jury or to a judge and have a ruling. I'm not as confident as you, but I am confident that he'll get to like the point where his name, you know, you get to discovery and the evidence can be out there that he clears his name. I think John Gruden, what he wants is to get football hating pussy out of there. Mm -hmm. That's what he wants. Yeah. Now, if they go into discovery and a lot of stuff's being discovered, and then they're like, look, drop this stuff. We'll get rid of football hating pussy. We'll figure something else out. If you want to coach, go ahead and you know, whatever. We'll just we'll leave it wide open for you. Yeah. That that's only about a year away. <laughs> that's only about a year away. Okay. So does so him coming back, I mean, what does that look like? What's the timeline? What has to happen? Well, it's it's discovery is going to have to be it's the the lawsuit is going to have to go into a discovery phase. So it won't and, be this next season then. No, it's going to have to be the like I said. It's going to be a year. It's going to be a, a year from then, uh, a year from now, where something can possibly happen. But yeah, it won't it won't be before then because I mean unless unless, unless everyone in the NFL knows exactly what they're going to find in these emails and they're like, look, let's just get rid of football hating pussy now, and then let's. Talk to Gruden and see, look, we're going to get rid of him. If we do that and you want to come back to coaching, we'll say, okay, that can happen in the next couple of months. Mm. Because these motions are not – they're losing every single one. The NFL is losing every single one. And it's not like it's like a big deal, like, oh, my God, wow, they're losing this one too. Like, No, it's like common sense. They're losing every single one. I think Mark Davis would love him, love to have him back. One, because obviously of how highly he thinks about him, but two – I bet he can make it work where he doesn't have to keep paying him not to coach, right? He's just like, oh, let's get right you back into the contract. Let's come back in, right? Like, hey, you got a couple of years on free on my dime, but let's let's get you back. Let's pick up where we left off, right? Ipso facto, you work for me. You're right. Yeah, you just you just right back. So he's like saving money there, and he loves him. And also, I think the big part of it too is I think Mark Davis felt like Mark Davis. I feel like it is it, it can be really impulsive with his decisions. And like he'll say, I'm going to stick it out for the long run. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to give Josh McDaniels at least three years. I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. And I feel like he felt like he had to can John Gruden quick. I really feel like just what I know about like just PR and how the 24 hour news cycle goes, I think if he just kind of like suspended him for a couple games, he could have came back and not have taken all that crap. I nope. definitely think so. I think it would have blown over. Nope. And and he could have he could have he could have had it back. What, what would happen if he never if he did if he maybe, did maybe what would happen if he did maybe from the court of public opinion maybe but not in the NFL. The NFL Roger Goodell himself was telling him you got to let you got to do something now you got to do something you got to do something. If he didn't if he refused, the 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 the, the owners can vote him out. The the owner the owners can vote out another owner if they all I think what do they need. 27 or something like that has that ever happened it could for not firing a coach because of emails i don't know man you can minimize it by by, by but i'm telling you at the time the crap some the, owners have done and not been canned man, and think over the time, some emails? They, haven't, they haven't had the backing of the commissioner to make him do it mm -hmm. the commissioner was telling mark mark davis you gotta let you gotta fire him you gotta do something you have to do it now you have to do it you have to do it you have to do it pressuring them over and over again. What would they have, what would the commissioner have done? He, I mean, they, he can't get more emails. He could, he could look, it's all, it's, it's politically, he can go to the top guys 
that have influence over other guys and say, look, he doesn't want to do it. We have to get rid of him. You saw the emails. If this gets pursued any further, it's going to be really bad for a lot of different people. We got to get rid of Mark Davis. He won't play ball. And it, and it would have happened. No way. Got rid of an owner. Got rid of an owner for not firing a coach over emails. Look what happened in look what happened with the Clippers in the NBA. He, they wanted him out for a long time, though. Like that was the that was their like, all right, we can finally get him out. Like, they've been conspiring to get rid of him for a decade, and they're like, okay, I don't know okay, if, this I, is I don't know if it was that bad. I don't know if other white racist owners in the NBA really cared about what Donald Sterling was doing. Donald, that's, what, that's exactly my point. It had, it had nothing to do. Those those things that he got that he said to his girlfriend that got out isn't even top ten most racist things Sterling ever did. Like he was a slumlord that was like oh yeah I know black, you know and, what I mean like and no one was trying to get rid of him before this they want they wanted him out but there was no there was no way they can do it just because he was just bad and they, they didn't they didn't care about the they don't care about the see race. look you're they, saying they, they wanted him out for everybody in the NBA wanted him out I don't know that that was necessary what I'm saying is there was a lot of owners in the NBA who gave two craps about what Donald Tokowitz was doing. They didn't care. I think they it was the probably business, doing the same thing. It was the business and they cared about, not the race. Exactly. And that business would have been end. an issue if John Gruden would have stayed. It would have been a business bad for the NFL at, oh at the time. At the time. We're looking at it now in the lens of where it is now. But at the time, it was a huge deal. It was the biggest, the biggest thing there. Probably. And there was a lot of groups out there with all this cancel culture out there, dude. It wouldn't have blown away. It, it wouldn't was have huge. blown over. Oh yeah, it was huge for. It blew over because they got they, because they fired him. That's why it blew over. I think I think a suspension would have gotten it done. We can have this argument forever. Um, fact of the matter is, I think Mark Davis felt obviously he felt forced that he had to do it. I think he would really like to give a double bird to everyone that made him fire John Gruden and get him back. Welcome back. Mm-hmm. Um, another discussion on this exact same line. Uh, Jeremy Fowler. Insider. He's predicting regime change. The Raiders will likely have a new regime in place, which tends to result in quarterback changes. Fourth round rookie Aiden O'Connell has shown some promise, but whether or not they stick with O'Connell, the Raiders must do something with Jimmy Garoppolo's contractual future. So the main part of the article is about what are they going to do at quarterback, right? You're stuck with Jimmy G's contract. Um, you have Farva, who's playing okay. You definitely got to you know, upgrade, blah, blah, blah. But my biggest thing was the Raiders will likely have a new regime in place. Are you looking at that as Jeremy ESPN's Jeremy Fowler is showing inside info or is it just statistically interim head coaches almost never get the head coaching job? I think it's probably that. Okay. Um, and there's one big thing here that a lot of people don't talk about. So I, I, I'm going to walk back a statement that I made earlier, maybe a few months ago, or maybe a month and a half ago about just about just wanting a coach. It's going to be, it's very difficult for that to happen. And I'll explain why. If you have a coach that's just a head coach, he has to hire an offensive coordinator and a defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. It's a freaking offensive league. It's what it is, right? That That's the rules are, are in place. Scoring's down this year, but the rules are in place for offenses to freaking kick butt. Okay. If you have a really kick-ass offensive coordinator, he's going to be the first in line to get a head coaching job, and he's mm-hmm. going to be gone then you have to replace the offensive coordinator. If your head coach is the offensive coordinator, you don't have to worry about that. Yeah. You are the offensive coordinator. So that's why I think more – that's why you see a lot of offensive coordinators are, that are head coaches because the offensive you know, train can keep on rolling even with changes underneath. If you have just a guy that's just a head coach, it's more difficult that way. Okay. So you're saying that because AP wouldn't be defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator. His chances are, are, are um, even lower. Yeah. It, they're, they're hurt by him not being the main. And he talked about that and uh, about him being involved in the game planning and stuff, but he's not, he's not putting together the game plan. He's not calling the plays during the game. So uh, it's, it's a departure from how it used to be. 
where the guys, you know, the dictator is like, you know, you do this, you do that. This is what I want you to do. And that's just not the way the game is now. You have to have that guy that's going to build an entire team uh, around a scheme that he's looking for and be able to uh, input exactly what he wants because it's his butt on the line. Coaches aren't given the same leash that they were given even five years ago. So uh, that's that's how I see it breaking down. It, it, that's what's going to hurt him. More than what he's doing as a coach right now is the fact that the people that are advising, I think, are going to look into the fact that, yeah, even if we do get a really good offensive coordinator in here, a young guy who's this or that, we're going to lose him in a year or two. And then where we're going to be, we have to hit again on another, you know, another offensive coordinator or else we're going to, you know, not be the same. It's, it's just a, a lot. The, the, the least amount of turnover, the better. I think there's a, a ton to what you're saying. I just don't know if that's like a death knell for him. It's uh, it's a notch in the not getting hired column. Yeah. But. I mean, it's, it's already bad because he's an interim. Yeah. Don't, but then on top of that, he's not like one side or the other, yeah. you know, he's, like, he's not a coordinator. You got Patrick Graham there, hopefully keeping him with how well he's got this unit to play this year. And then um, you just need a good offensive coordinator or one that kind of fits. And we'll get to coaches here in a little bit. Um, we'll get to like Harbaugh and stuff here in a sec. But I think I think it's time to give Antonio Pierce like his um, midway season report card because he's been coached for four games and a bye. And then he's got five more games. So it's, he basically is coached for 10 weeks of the season and five of it has been gone through right um so his defense 17.25 points per game in the four games that he's been head coach one and a half takeaways per game far better than the raiders have had in 20 years now it's a small sample size but still uh offense not good. a couple of rough offenses uh, rough off you know two of them at least yeah uh, offense 19 points per game giving away one and a quarter turnovers per game. But I will say this. This is what I'm really curious to see, and we'll get to the Vikings breakdown here in a little bit. Is the juice that Antonio Pierce brought to the Raiders, two parts of it, is it here to stay or is it not? Because, right, we started off great, crushed the Giants, won our first two games, lost the next two, started trailing off. Is it just we played better teams or is the juice that comes with Antonio Pierce. Does it wane, right? Is that initial jolt of like, oh, AP's the man. He's got us going. They say like the first, there's seven phases of love, right? And the first one's infatuation, where it's like they can do no wrong. You're having sex every single day. You know, you're Twitter paid. It's Romeo and Juliet novels, but it can't last. You burn out. Like it needs to be on something solid, right? Is the infatuation period over? And the flip side of that coin is, is the only reason they were so jacked for Antonio Pierce is because he wasn't Josh McDaniels. You're going from the least liked coach in the entire building to one of the more liked guys. And I don't know the answer to that question. Maybe AP is just the most beloved guy ever, you know, and, and he earned every bit of the team rallying around him. Or was it simply because ding dong, the witch is dead. We don't have to be under the thumb of the, you know, the, the, the evil emperor anymore. And so, you could have walked in there and been the savior because you weren't Josh McDaniels. It's very possible. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily the case. I know that the, everyone did like and respect Antonio Pierce, mm -hmm. even when he was just the linebacker coach, right? Yep. Uh, a lot of players have talked about the, the conversations they had with Antonio Pierce earlier in the season when he was just the linebacker, just picking his brain about, winning attitude and the little things. And then it's not just the linebackers either. It's the guys on offense yeah. too. Uh, so I don't know that, that that was necessarily the case uh, as far as that goes. But um, when, when the, the flash wears off, right? Like, like if you're in a fight, like you, the, you're all juiced up in the first round, whatever, are you ready to go? Mm -hmm. After that first half of the first round, it, it, it's about your technique. Yeah. And now that's what we're seeing. It's about not just the technique of the players, but the technique and what the coaches have learned. We saw questionable decisions made by both Antonio Pierce and Coach Bo in the Miami game. And we saw us fall apart in the second half offensively against the Chiefs. So once that – because you can, you can be hyped up for a game. And I think Antonio Pierce does get the team hyped up to start the game. But after that hype kind of wears off, 
we're, we're, you're, you're pulling from your technique. You're pulling from what's what you know and what you're experiencing and what your what your what your level of competence is. And if it's just not there, that's what we're seeing. So, what is his halfway report card to you? What's the grade? Um, I think that he gets a, a B minus. Okay. Uh, I, two and two is not great, especially when he had winnable games. Now mm-hmm. you look at where where we came from. No one has a crystal ball and can say, "Well, we would have not been two and two if we had Josh McDaniels." Who knows? The Giants and the Jets are that bad. Okay, but would it have looked the same? Would the players have felt the same? Would you know? Would we have a a springboard going into the, these last five games if we still had Josh McDaniels and went two and two? I don't think so. I think that with uh, with uh, Antonio Pierce as the head coach, we have a, a better shot of finishing the season stronger than if we had the old regime in there. Mm-hmm. So for that, but again, it's it's a it's a results based business, and two and two going, you know, eight and nine or nine and eight, that's not going to get it done. You mm-hmm. need get to double digits. So. Uh, the offense doesn't look great. 19 points per game isn't great. Nothing to write home about. The defense looks good. 17 points a game, sweet. But you know, we got we got to fix this second half that we had the last couple games. Yeah. Uh, so the jury is still out. On, what? What do you give? Them? I think I think a I think a B is good for exactly like what I've always said. Like where you it's not where you are, it's where you've been. Right? Like how did you get to where you are? And because that's what I'm looking for is trajectory. Yeah. Okay? Where, like where, you are you have, where are you trending? Where are you trending? Yeah. Which direction are you trending? Right. Like when you're if you're buying stocks, it's like what direction is it going? Right. Can I can I buy low, sell high? Is this going? Am I making a, a wise investment? You know what I mean? Am I buying my house that you know you're always supposed to buy the worst house in the best neighborhood when interest rates are the lowest? Right. Are you are you making that that sound investment? Mm-hmm. And I think because of how how bad things were going, um, that means a lot. That going two and two is. You know, better than what it was before, and also the like little little details, man. Like maybe it was you know it was just one game that we got blown out, but no penalties, no turnovers in a game. When you're the Raiders, that means something. There's there's that's there's something happening there. There's a spark there, right? Um, and I was going over the um like the the metrics and the stats behind interim head coaches, and it's bad. Like if you're an interim head coach, you rarely get the head coaching job. And if you do, you don't do very well. You don't last very long. You rarely win games. And then when you move on to your next place, you don't do well there either. Like an interim head coaching tag is like, like a, the mark of the devil. Like, it's just like, yeah, the tattoo of death. It's really tough, man. Look, so he doesn't have history on his side at all. Well, yeah. These interim coaches with, if they do poorly, they don't get hired. Like you said, and if they get another shot, they're not going to get another shot. It's like a normal head coach gets a, a, a job, right? They're going to have to. They're going to have to learn on the fly because interim head coaches don't normally have coaching experience. Sometimes mm-hmm. they do have a little bit, but normally it's like a coordinator or like a lower level coordinator or something like high that. High school, <laughs> high school. You know, like yeah, that's what happens. So rarely is a team going to give like what what the Lions gave Dan Campbell. People think that this is like a turnaround right away. Like, no, he sucked. He won three games his first year, and then he had we had to wait till the last a part of last season for him to do well. He was like two and what two and eight or something like that, or two and seven. But then what? We, yes, ending. But you had to get the time. You had to be given the time to do that. And normally, when you're like, okay, well, we saw this guy interim head coach didn't do great. He didn't get the job there for so there's a strike against him already. Let's yeah. bring him in. Then you have a three-win season, and then you're two and eight or two and seven. All right, dude, it's just not for you. Normally, that's what happens. Now, Dan Campbell, whatever he did, they did the right thing and they left him in there. But uh, part part of that is because he he chose very good offensive coordinator. Excuse me, very good coordinators. Period. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, one of those coordinators is probably going to be leave to go be a head coach next year, but. Uh, that's normally what happens is in, in the Dan Campbell scenario, he wouldn't have made it out of last year. The, there's the thing going here too, is like, will Mark Davis feel like he's making the same mistake twice. If the Raiders and AP catch fire late and he's like, Oh, I fired a guy that the team loves that, that took over a team and did well. 
I'm going to make that same mistake twice. I think there's also like that really human element, right? Like we, we talk about like, oh, it's just the math and who's this. And you go by the record and you, it's like, well, there's Mark Davis is, is human. He's very human in a lot of ways. You yeah. Know? So there's that part as well. And, and again, the biggest part of all I've always said, right? What have I always said about Carr and every other coach and position? Like, let's move on from this person. Okay. Or better. Are we replacing with someone better? It's like, I'm in. Replace every single person out there on the Raiders roster, other than Daniel Carlson and Max Crosby. Replace anyone you AJ want. AJ Cole. If you got someone better, I'm all in, right? And so I think that's also a big part of it is when the season's over, who's out there? There's some all-stars out there. Mark Davis better be ringing, better be interviewing Harbaugh and all these guys. Like, you better be doing these interviews. And like, maybe you don't get it. And AP's, you know. Maybe he's your third choice, but he's the only one left standing. That's I think that's the 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 part that I think is not spoken about enough. It's just kind of like has AP done enough? It's like it's he's not competing against himself. He's competing against a handful of other people who want to be head coaches. And Lord knows Mark Davis, he'll open up his wallet for head coaches these days. He's made yeah. that abundantly clear. Okay, so think back to what the Rams did. They bring in McVay, young kid, wonder kid, this and that. What do they do with defensive coordinator? They got Wade Phillips. Mm. He doesn't want to be a head coach anymore. He's already older. He's a good defensive coordinator, a guy who's been a head coach before, right? He can kind of help out McVay and what he's doing and kind of mentor him a little bit, but he doesn't want to be a head coach. He's not He's not a threat to be a head coach. Yeah. But a good coordinator can, can put a good scheme together and also help the young head coach if we can do that but on the offensive side finding a, a a head coach who's a little bit older offensive dude maybe he washed out in a couple spots but he's a good offensive coordinator we can find something like that to bring in if i was antonio pierce i would be racking my brain and hitting the phones mm-hmm. and being like look man if i it, when i get my interview after this season i want to know that i can tell them that you're on board as yeah. my offensive coordinator that's probably going to be the best case scenario for him because he doesn't have that kind of guy pushing him where it's like, well, if you get a guy who's younger, who's like a big time coordinator, let's see a guy that's a quarterback coach somewhere who wants to be a coordinator instead of coach Bo, a young guy who wants to be a head coach, that guy might be pushing AP out if AP doesn't have that, that, that start to a season next year or doesn't have a good season next season in total. If you have a guy who's a little bit older who's already expressed, hey, man, I just want to be an offensive coordinator. I love football. I just want to coach offense. I don't want to be a head coach anymore. I tried it. Been there, done that. It's not for me. If we do that, kind of like what, the, what Wade Phillips did, if we do that, it, it could be possible for, for him to get that mentoring on the job, uh, being a head coach, but also get a good, high-quality, high-expectation you know, uh, high expectation offensive coordinator. Well, the guy that every aspiring head coach next season is more or less in competition with, basically, is Jim Harbaugh. Um, everything's going on in Michigan. He's had success at all levels, NFL and college, big schools, small schools, you name it. He's had success everywhere. And there's things to nitpick about him, but he's, he's, the, number, he's the number one guy that I think you're calling if you're an owner and you're looking for a head coach next season. And, he, and we always, again, we always, we live in like in our Raiders bubble a little bit, you know, our silver and black bubble. It's like, oh, I want to get this guy. I want to get this guy. You think, do they want to come here? Jim Harbaugh more or less has his pick of head coaching jobs next season. And there's exceptions, but I would say he's the most sought after head coach next season. Would he want to go to the Raiders? If you're Jim Harbaugh Soto, are you saying... Make me an offer, and if it's competitive, I'm going with you, Mark Davis. Yeah, I think his top two are going to be uh, the Raiders and the Bears. Okay, I think those are his top two spots that he would he would want to go to. Uh, the Bears because he played there, he knows the city. He's kind of a you know tough, no nonsense guy. He coaches in Michigan, which is not too far away. Uh, you know, and, and and the Raiders because he started his career there, and, and uh, you know he was by all accounts he was very close to to Mr. Davis, uh, and he was uh, the quarterback coach when we went to the Super Bowl, right? I think so. Yeah, so he he's seen the success there. He's seen uh, you know the last time we had success. I would see that would be a draw as well. 
he knows that Mark Davis isn't stingy. He's going to put bring you know pay. He's going to pay him well. Um, he's going to give him a leash. Uh, he's going to give him a lot of autonomy. And the Bears uh, will have all those Panthers draft picks. They might have two top five picks. That, that could be something that's going to be luring for for him. As 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 long as the Raiders have been bad, the Bears have been bad even longer. Yeah. So uh, it could be that's you know the savior coming back and blah 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 this and that. So uh, I think both of them have an appeal, but I do think that the Bears have a little bit of a stronger appeal, not just because the Bears can give uh, Jim Harbaugh everything that the Raiders can, but they have a little bit more draft capital to. And this is a this is a pretty stacked draft class. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty it's 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 even better and it's even deeper than last year, but it's also better and deeper at the main big positions. Yeah. a lot of good tackles, what wide receivers. A lot of good uh, quarterbacks, quarterbacks. Like it's huge. Like a lot of good edges, a lot of good, uh, you know, maybe not too many deep, deep, deep tackles, but a lot of good, good edge rushers are out there, uh, good corners. So there's a lot of like where where you want to get good quickly, there's a lot of those out there. So if you have a lot of high picks, definitely can make a big splash. Um, I'm with you. I think the Raiders and Bears are tied for number one for where I think Harbaugh would go. And I'll get to the Raiders in a second, but just there's two other teams I wanted to bring up that I think are in the running. Um, yeah. But I think they're third and fourth. Um, I think the Chargers are going to fire Staley, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, he's gone. He I gone. think he's gone. I think he um, knows it, too, which is why he's getting all snippy. Right. The one thing that was keeping him alive is blowing the media. Uh, oh, but, if the answer's going to be the same, so you can stop asking it. Like, uh-oh. <laughs> uh, welcome to sucking, Staley. You're going to have to answer questions. Sorry. <laughs> Done. Uh and that Chargers job has got to be pretty appealing, right? You got Herbert, you got Pro Bowlers everywhere. It's the best roster, um, I think, out of the guy, out of the teams he could go to, more or less. Um, I just don't think the Spanos family will give him the like fifteen the million that he wants. That's the problem. That's a big issue. Number one, number two, that roster is oft injured, and it's you started to look old. What movie yeah. is that from? Let us know in the comments. So old, old. Um, you got Herbert, yeah, fine, but everyone else who's of anything value in that team is old and off injured. Bosa, Mac, James, uh, even your rook, your second year uh, tackle Slater's get hurt all the time. Eckler's mm-hmm. not going to be Eckler. bad. Uh, yeah. uh, Williams, Allen, like all your main people are old or off injured. So I don't know if that's such a as, as nice a landing spot as you're making it out to be. The talent's certainly there, and I've never put myself in like a successful head coach's mindset. And it's like, oh, I can get them healthy. Oh, they're just they're just weak mind. You know what I mean? Like that sounds like that feels like a Harbaugh thing. You know, like I can turn them around. Uh, but you make great points. They're all off, and and they're all expensive. You know what I mean? Old, expensive. Yeah, hurt, the like, most expensive guys are the ones that are hurt the most. Brutal. I think the Panthers are also going to be in the running, but that's I think fourth. Oh. Just bad, bad roster. There's no draft capital, man. Bad roster. Yeah. Tough. Bad roster. They blew their uh, wad last year. Draft they up. Um, the Raiders. So there's a report from Sportskeeda. Um, our sources say Jim Harbaugh and Mark Davis have a very good relationship for a while now, and the Raiders would be a natural fit. Several yeah. factors come into play. Um, first and foremost is the existing regime, Champ Kelly, Antonio Pierce. Some people believe in the league believe Davis will keep Kelly and Pierce around if the team finishes strong. As mentioned in this article from number four, there's a groundswell support for Kelly within the Raiders organization. So here's the kick. There's also the question of Mark Davis being comfortable with the head coach once again being in full control, a.k.a. John Gruden. And it kind the more we kind of hear about it, feels more like Josh McDaniels had more control than maybe people were originally led on. Like the original press conference when they asked Ziegler, What's the power dynamic? And he's like, I have, you know, roster control. I am the general manager. Well, yeah. Um, if you listen, if you listen to Hondo, that's what he wants to hear. So there's that element too, and that's the other part I think that hurts with Chicago. Is I don't know if Chicago's willing to give up personnel decisions and total control to Harbaugh. So, and this is the thing: I'm not against a coach also being a general manager. That's, I'm not a, I'm not against that. It didn't, it didn't work the last two times. Clearly, it doesn't work. It doesn't work hardly at all, man. I mean, it worked with Belichick for years. It's worked with Pete no, no, no. Carroll for years. Brady worked with Belichick for years. That defense. He's, he still he has a good defense. 
since 1930, no one's given up 10 points or less three straight games and lost yeah. until the last three games with the Patriots. He doesn't know how to evaluate talent offensively. He doesn't. He had yeah. Brady, and that, and, and, and that was it. He is a Belichick is the master of knowing when to move on from a guy, though. I, I think that's a giant value to him. Like he traded guys when at their peak, right before they're about to drop off. Like he was so good at that. He's not perfect. And he had his errors. No, but he's getting worse, progressively worse and worse since Brady has been gone. Yes, he he's just getting. I think he's just getting old. I mean, he's just getting senile. Well, yeah, but the thing is, is I mean, you you name one time that that's worked out well. I'll, Are you saying Pete Carroll? Pete Carroll is not is not the GM there. He has a GM. He makes the decisions, though. He has, he has guys very, he trusts. He has a very strong GM. He has a GM that he trusts, but Pete Carroll's final say, and that's and that's what every good and, and every good head coach that has you know, that kind of power has people they trust, right? I, I've I've been a huge fan of Champ Kelly from the very beginning. I don't know if you you remember that, but when they they named him as the assistant GM, I was huge. I was all on board on Champ. Mm. Champ Kelly is not going to be anyone's puppet. He's not going to go on I mean, it. He's, he's not going to let, if you believe the reports, he's not going to let what happened to uh, Ziegler by Josh McDaniels. He's not going to let anyone do that to him. If he feels strongly, he's and he, they, there's a huge disagreement on something. He's not. It doesn't going to have happen. to be puppet. It could be like, look, you know, Jim Harbaugh's, and you know, he, he has final say, but you have a very important role here. You still have a job. I don't think he's going to do that. Final say. So you're saying, okay, so he's saying, I'm, I'm either. GM or nothing like who else is going to make him a GM in the NFL? Like he's, he'd go, he'd be a lateral move somewhere else. Right. Yeah. Like, but, he, but he'll have the chance to be a GM. I wouldn't want that job. I wouldn't want to have my, I wouldn't want to have all these bad decisions pinned on me. Look at Mayo. He, he would go right back to being assisted. The job he had before. Exactly. But the thing is, is he, yes, but the job he has now is just a title. It's not, he's not really doing anything. But that's my thing is like, if he's not, what are the chances champ gets a, a, an actual full fledged GM job next season? Probably really, really low. What Maybe. about the next three seasons? Think like a GM, the next three seasons. I think it's pretty high. Learn, learn under Harbaugh as assistant head, as assistant GM, right? Like well, learn, learn what not him. to do, learn what not to do, uh, by watching what Harbaugh does. Maybe. I mean, look, he's, he's a successful that's coach. One of, that's one of the reasons why he was, he was run out of, of, of San Francisco. He didn't like the, the personnel moves that they were making, and he was really vocal about it. And they're like, you know what, dude? We're tired of you. It just it's, he's, he's basically like, I want to hit a home run, and I want to be GM for a job he's not going to get. You know what I mean? It's like he's, he's holding out for something that's not on the table. You're, gonna, you're, gonna, you're not going to be the GM next season, probably, like unless it's Antonio Pierce, right? Like you're, you're – yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're, I don't know. I think, uh, I don't think because Harbaugh wants personnel decision-making, that is the end of it. He's good people around him. He's, he's look, college, there's no, there's no perfect head coach. I know. Right? I understand that, but you have to understand this too. Even coaches who have been in the NFL before coaches coming from college to the NFL haven't fared great, got great lately. Hmm. The, the coaches that are that are the new coaches that are doing well in the NFL or the coaches that have been in the NFL for a few years and then they get a head coaching job. Harbaugh's already done well in the NFL. I'm, I, I understand that, but I said he hasn't been in the NFL for a while. I would but rather have a guy that's won everywhere and hasn't been in the NFL for a while. Like he's already has the track record if he can do it. And there's no perfect formula. Like Jim Harbaugh could, you know, could flunk out, but. No one has a better resume than Harbaugh. I'm not saying I'm against Jim Harbaugh. What I'm against is giving a head coach full control again, especially a head coach that has no GM experience. What would you rather have? Jim Harbaugh with full control or Antonio Pierce and Champ Kelly? I don't know. That's what it comes down to, right? Like, what are the staffs look like? Like, I need more than that. Whatever they want. They'll have, they'll have full control over that. Neither. Then I don't know. I don't have enough information. And, and, that, and that's my point, right? It's like discussing like quarterback. It's like, oh, we, we should have Caleb Williams next season. Like, well, we're not, are we, are we going to give up four, four first rounders to grab him? Like, no, right? Like I want this and this and this. 
Well, what's on the Jayden tape? Daniels if it were to move. <laughs> <If it laughs> <takes laughs> well, I'd rather take Jaden Daniels if it were to move. My, my point is, if, if that's a Harbaugh demand, I think it's something that you have to hear out. I agree. You have to hear him out, but I, I don't know that it's really iffy to me. And it's 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 really telling that the team didn't really reach its potential until after Gruden was fired. Mm-hmm. He had the chance to do it two years prior, and he took a dump at the end of the year, the last two years. So that's him not learning from his mistakes. So you have and and, and by all reports, if there's anyone who has a bigger ego than John Gruden, it's Jim Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. We've seen him ego his way out of jobs before. Yeah. Okay, so Let's not think that we're going to get this, you know, happy-go-lucky guy, you know, that's going to be patting back, you know, patting backs and kissing babies and shaking hands. No, we're going to get a, a we're going to get a Gruden-esque type of guy, a gruff, r- rough, not always agreeable, not always the nicest guy type of guy. That wins everywhere. That wins in spurts. Yes. That wins better than anyone else that's going to be available as a head coach. That has won in the NFL in the past. And then, but well, why did he, if he was winning 10, 11 games a season, he can be the biggest jerk he wants. He wasn't going to go anywhere, but the team was getting worse and worse. He got Michigan out from being Ohio State's little brother. Like that's, that's Michigan, Michigan's a big that's program, hard. dude. Michigan's a, a Ohio, flagship they were, program. They were always the bitch of Ohio State. It goes in circles. It goes in spurts. It's been decades. Just like UCLA and USC. You know, we can't beat UCLA every single year. You guys have spurts where you win a couple times in a row. But it takes something it takes something special to to flip that around, right? It takes Harbaugh coming in because Ohio State owned Michigan for years and years and years. And it takes something special coming in. That's the same thing that happened when he went to the to the Niners. That's the same same thing that happened then when he went to uh, Stanford. He he be hit and then it started you know started to kind of level off. He left Stanford quickly uh, before that happened, uh, and you know Shaw was able to kind of let it stabilize for a couple of years, and then he finally took the drop off after you know the the admissions uh, things got a little bit weirder for him. But yeah, uh, he's been to Super Bowls before it faded off. He's taken Michigan yeah, no, out from under Ohio State's I'm shadow fine. into the. I'm playoff. not saying I don't want the guy. I'm I'm trying to let you know why there's some reasons why you wouldn't want the guy. He does. Every single coach comes with, of course, some some cons. And right? if you're looking at resume, he's probably the highest, the most uh, accomplished resume. If you look at the pros and cons of what you want out of a head coach, the most important one pros, he has by far the biggest, right? A long history yes. of winning at but every level. We have a very recent history of doing not so great, giving a coach who does not have GM experience total mm-hmm. control. But I, that's that's clearly the wrong two guys to do it. And to say like, you know, it's like being married twice and being like, look, marriage doesn't work. It's like, well, you married two psycho you married two strippers. You married two right? you strippers. Married, you married two strippers. Like, you know, you had a girl next you're door. Marty, you're Marty Janetti from the Rockers. You married two yeah, strippers. Yeah. Like, it's like, listen, maybe you should, uh, maybe it's not the marriage that's the issue here. And also two guys with bad histories of GMing. Gruden, when he went to uh, Tampa Bay, like that wasn't his roster that won the Super Bowl. And then once no. he took over, it fell apart. Josh McDaniels with Denver. He he started trading away stars and pro bowlers and team leaders and got picked Tebow and like fell apart. Two guys with histories of not doing that well. You know? I mean, I know, I, I know I'm just like double jerking Harbaugh here, but it's like he's got the best, he's he's the guy you want. He's the number one draft pick. He's the consensus number one guy. And not perfect, but look, if you do this. If you do this, if you're Mark Davis and you and you pull the trigger on this and you make this happen, mm-hmm. you gotta sit in it. If you if you crap the bed, you just gotta sit in it. Just wallow. Yeah, you you, you can't you can't have a quick hook. Yeah, it's just you can't do it. Well, we're out of the bye week, and so is our next team, uh, Raiders versus Vikings, going down Sunday afternoon window. Vikings three point favorites at home for us. Over under 40 and a half, double bye week, like I mentioned. 
I don't know if the Raiders are rested, but I am. Um, and it's like I mentioned kind of earlier. I'm. This is a great test for me to see what type of team comes out because we needed the buy. Um, every team at you know this deep into the season has bumps and bruises. Good another week to let it all kind of heal a little bit. But is that Josh McDaniels? The buzz that came from firing Josh McDaniels is that gone? Because it feels like you know. We won two, then lost two. Now kind of a dull bye week, right? Everyone had a couple of days off. They're not in the office anymore. They're not walking by Josh McDaniel's office and seeing like the phone cord pulled out of the wall and like the like picture frame like shadow that was there, you know. The, like, the, the, the sticker on the window, it's like it's still you can still make out Josh McDaniels on it. Yeah, like, like the O and the C is gone, you know, that kind of thing. Like that kind of that wears off, right? Now it's just like, hey, that's worn off. Now what do we have? Are we, are we actually rolling here? And this is a great test for that because it's five weeks after and after a bye week is what is happening. Is it, is it love or infatuation the players have with Antonio Pierce? It's going to come down to the execution. It's going to come down to how the team uh, finishes, not just how they start, but how they finish this game. Uh, if we see what we saw the first two weeks, mm-hmm. we can say maybe we got something here. If we see what we saw the last couple of games, uh, maybe not so much because this team is only going to ride that high for so long. They're going to mm-hmm. want to have the results because, like, dude, we could have lost under freaking McDaniels. Yeah, it's cool. I like you. You're better. You're cooler. Like, I like hanging out with you more. I like chilling with you more. But ultimately, I want to win. Mm-hmm. The Vikings have given up the most turnovers in the NFL 24. And I feel like the Vikings, when they started off, what they were like, one and like four, one and four, and four, or something like that. One and they, right? were they zero and four? Zero and they were zero and three. Zero and three, and then one and four, right? Yeah. And I watched those games, and I was just like, "This is the best one and four team I've ever seen in NFL history." Like, because they lost some close ones close to some games, monsters, yeah. to some really good guys. Um, and I'm just like, "This isn't a. This is a good football team. Like, this is a NFC playoff team that just had some really bad luck to start. We mentioned the turnovers at just the wrong times. Played the, the really good, really good teams at the wrong times." Um, this is this is a team that's way better than its record. They're really well, well-rounded. Um, we'll see how they come out. The, the The fumbles have been an issue for them. Fumbles are a huge issue for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how many times they've benched each one of their running backs for fumbling. Uh, you know, you've even had uh, probably one of, if not the best receiver in the game, fumbling at the goal line trying to reach the ball over which would have changed the game, the outcome of that game. Yeah. So um, if we can keep doing what we've been doing defensively and and, and uh, going for the ball and knocking the ball, I think we can uh, – or knocking somebody out, as Max Crosby did. Yeah. Uh, we, we, can, we can definitely get some turnovers. They're going to give you a couple. This is a team that I think we can let beat itself. Because um, they have a knack for doing that. And I only say that because we're coming off of a game where we gave up no turnovers and had no penalties. I think this is the game because they have a good run defense, right? Yeah, the run defense is really, pretty good. Run defense is really good. And we, we, we've been, you know, this offense runs through Josh Jacobs. And we're saying, like, look, he's got to get the ball 20, 22, 25 times. And it's, there's got to be a commitment here because if – if he runs the ball, you know, his first 10, 12 carries, and he's averaging one and a half, two yards per, right? If he's 12 carries in and he's got 20 yards, and Bo's like, all right, we're going to start slinging. Loosen up that arm, Farva. Can't you know, there could be some problems. That's what I'm saying is like, I know you hate every time I, I, I talk conservative, like we need to play conservative. 24, take, 24 giveaways from this team. Uh, a, you know, a quarterback coming in with no eyebrows that, the honeymoon phase is over. That's not you know? his fault. Not his fault. Honeymoon phase is over. And it's kind of, uh, you can make mistakes. You mentioned all the running backs. Yeah, I mean, it, time. it's almost like uh, you got a golf coach and, and, and your swing got worse. Mm-hmm. You started pointing out all the things you were doing wrong. Yeah. So the more the more that, that, that Josh Dobbs like started learning the system, the worse he got. Mm-hmm. You know, the last two games have been pretty bad. Uh so, That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I get it, man. Oh, I understand. I, there's a reason why he wasn't a lock starter where he was before. If you just let him go out there and proven we can ball, play yeah, for sure. mistake-free mistake football. Like, I know we got blown out to the Chiefs. It was a pretty mistake-free game. 
right? That was about as mistake free as you can. Yeah, see. we got blown out, but again, like I said, it's just the the, the red zone. Two drives, yeah. two drives been different. It would have been a different game. It's Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, the tight end that will remain nameless. You know all those things. Yeah, all that stuff. But look, right now, the Vikings, they are not. If we if we continue to run the ball in the second half, he had what did it, Josh Jacobs had like two point eight yards of carry last game. Mm-hmm. Well, when he had a huge game against the Dolphin uh, against uh, the the Jets, he who were a really good defense too against the run. Jacobs had, had Jacobs had a really good yards per carry last game, but only because he had that that sixty six yarder. It was it was high. Yes. It was like in the fourth. But 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 against take away the big one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like against against the uh, uh, the Dolphins, mm-hmm. he had like two point under three yards of carry. Well, he had under three yards of carry until he had that forty yard run against the Jets. So it's like that's what you got. But now that now Rome was also in the second half. You keep wearing them down and wearing them down and wearing them down, and you're gonna pop one run. But the thing is, you got to keep consistent. You got to keep stick to it. And um, this is a this this is not a Jets run defense. They're good, but they're not the Jets. I mean, they're not even the Chiefs run defense. Even the, the Chiefs are better run defense. Yeah. And we we're and then that's when people crowd the line. If you get one really good block like Michael Mayer had, there's no one to stop you. Yeah. If you if you if you crowd the line, uh, and, and that's one of the things I was saying uh, in the in the in the pregame show is they like to crowd the line and then drop back late. Well, if you crowd the line, there's no safety back there, and you pop one, you get you just make one guy miss, and there's nobody in front of you. That so, was the, that was the perfect run play where it's like every like you need your like. You, a running back almost always has to make someone miss. Like it was so perfectly blocked at the line of scrimmage. He had one corner and he did the the sweet like shake, shake, and then just stank, enough stiff arm. Leg. Just like it was like a double move with a stiff arm, just perfect on a corner. Put on the put on the burners. It was just oh, it was so beautiful. If it was a seventy-five yard run, he may have got tackled on the one yard line. He was getting yeah. he was getting. But the thing is, look, this is what the Vikings want to do too. They want to confuse with alignment. So we got to just stay consistent running the ball. Even if we're not getting much from it, we still have to do it because that is the, that is the, uh, the, the recipe that's going to help our offense be its best, mm-hmm. even if we're not running the ball because the play action and the different actions and movements we can do off of that. So I'm just really concerned that if we don't get good yards per carry early in the game, we're going to go away from it like we did against Dolphins and like we did against the Chiefs in the second half. So yeah. I just want to make sure that we kind of like all come into agreement that, and I agree with you, we need to keep running the ball, even if we're not super successful because it helps the rest of our game. Yeah. So I'm saying conservative mistake-free football and let them beat themselves. Well, not, not just that, but conservative mistake-free football can be, is, is our best bet to be our, to play our best offense. We're not going to be our best offense having, like I said before, like, dude, I didn't want Carr, who's a much more accomplished and a much more uh, experienced court. I didn't want him throwing the ball 40 times. Yeah. And we're going to have freaking Farva throw the ball 40 times? No, dude, that's not the recipe for success. If we do end up behind, it's probably going to be Justin Jefferson. He's back. He hasn't played since week five. But this is the good thing. The Vikings haven't scored 21 points in back-to-back games in their last two games. Haven't scored 21 points. If this defense can get to Dobbs, get a couple turnovers, we're set. Their offensive line is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, Very good. Yeah. So what we, I, I think that Jefferson, they, they said that he's not a lock to play, but if he does, which he probably will, he's going to be on a pitch count. He's not going to play his normal, you know, his normal, uh, you know, 80, 90% of those snaps. He's gonna yeah. he's not gonna play all that. So it's not gonna be like we're gonna get hundred percent of him. I would have rather him not play, but I mean he's not gonna play his full load. It's wild how like we really haven't been crushed by big receivers a whole lot this season. Like when you like match up really, really good receivers, you know, I mean, the best receivers to our DBs. I think Reek only didn't beat us like that because he got hurt. Yeah. And he was he, out. he had over 100 yards. Yeah, like, he had a pretty damn good game. <laughs> I mean, the, the best receiver in football had a good game against us. Other than that, like, there hasn't really been receivers that have eaten us apart, which is which is crazy because, like, you know, you look at our DBs and they're not anything special, and you always kind of think, like, matchups, but that's not how we play, uh-huh. right? We're not playing, like, 
our corner, our one versus your one. It's where our defense is scheme based, but where that where that completely falls apart is against tight ends. Hawkinson's T.J. Hawkinson's a good tight end. Like he, we, I'm worried about covering him. He's gonna have a big game, man, because our as good as our linebackers have been in zone coverage, they're not very good at following linebackers. I mean, excuse me, at following tight ends. And he's a damn good tight end, man. He is he is about as as re, tight end who will remain nameless esque mm-hmm. as you're gonna find in in the totality. Yeah, he can block as well. He can get open. He can make the tough catch. He is really a really accomplished tight end, and he's probably going to be their most consistent weapon because I don't know that uh, Jefferson's going to be back a hundred percent if he does play. Uh, defensively, Daniel Hunter is pretty scary. I think he's like second in sacks, right? It's like thirteen sacks. Is it Daniel or is it Daniel? Is it Daniel or Daniel? It's spelled D A N I E L. Spelled Dan Danielle. Yeah, but I don't want to call Daniel. Hang on, let me let me checking. Roger checking. Yeah, he scares me. Um, he, he scares me, and Hawkinson scares me. Like you mentioned, Justin Jefferson's back, but we do okay against receivers, and he's not a hundred percent. That's what I'm saying. We got we got to keep this game away from being like matchups. You know what I mean? We can't have like just matchups. It's got to be like schemed really, really well. Uh, injuries. Max Crosby didn't practice on. We're recording this on Wednesday night. He didn't practice on Wednesday, which isn't a great sign. But obviously, he's being handled with kid, kid gloves. Um, Colton Miller did not participate either. I don't know what his status is, but we're hoping, you know, our two best linemen are going to be able to play. Um, I just, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a must. If we want to run the ball the way we need to, and if you want to give Farva enough time to be able to do what he needs to do against that secondary who can be beat, mm-hmm. um, we need to be able to give him time. We need to have our guys back. Anything else before we move on? Uh, I mean, I, not really, man. I think it's going to be a, a, a game of, of execution. You know, we're not, it's, it's, it can get away from us quickly uh, because they do have a lot of good playmakers on their team. Uh, but I don't know that our defense is going to be – we're not like big play type of defense where we're going to give up a lot of big plays, you know? Yeah. Uh, so depending on Jefferson, if Jefferson's going to be – if Jefferson's almost all the way back, he can beat anybody. It doesn't matter who you are. Keep everyone in front of you. Make them move the ball at their own pace. Let them make the ball out. Got to punch the ball out. 20, punch, punch 24 giveaways. Get that ball out. Punch, punch a player or two out, too. Right? Go for the ball. If you end up with a chin, so be it. That was such not, a hard punch, man. That was so nasty. That was a nice uppercut. Get a nice uppercut. We're just going to win next. All right. Yes, I'm ready. Corey Yanahan. Yanahan, 78.65. I was at the game too, Kansas City Chief game that I was at. I think I'm cursed as well. The Raiders have lost the last four I've gone to. Drew Brees is the Saints back in the day, and the last three I've been to, I've been against the Chiefs. Why keep going to Chiefs games, well, bro? There, there's that's your problem. You're going against Drew Brees and Patrick Mahomes. Hey, I went to a Chiefs game. Tim Brown returned a punt for a touchdown. Yeah, badass. Well, then you need to start going to these games. I, I, I almost, I almost died. I literally almost died that day. Richard Kidd, 5481. When you stop throwing Devontae Adams the ball, then expect bad results. So I got me thinking. Because that seems like a no-brainer, right? Like you're a rookie quarterback, fourth rounder. Like, look, just just get it to one of the best receivers out there. Let him do the work. That's what he's paid for. He's paid paid to make you look good. Makes sense. Seems like a no-brainer. So I went and did a little mathing. Uh, Devonte Adams has six games where he's been targeted in, excuse me, five games where he's been targeted in double digits and seven games where he hasn't been targeted in double digits. I'm going to give you the number of targets and you tell me if that was a win or a loss in that game. Okay. The most targets he's had all season, 20. 
I think we lost that game because he was just being thrown the ball. It was like a lot of incompletions. That was to Pittsburgh. It was a loss. Yeah. Uh, he did have 13 catches, 172 yards. That was by far his best game. Two touchdowns. Still lost, right? 20 targets, still lost. Um, he has three games where he's been targeted 13 times. Do you want to guess the record of those three games? One and two. Correct. Chargers, Jets, Dolphins. One game he was targeted 12 times. Win or loss? Loss? Loss. That was the Bears. So in five games, by a scratcher. He's, been, he's been targeted in double digits where one and four. When the game plan is do whatever it takes to get Devontae Adams the ball, we lose. Which is weird. It's like you'd think, get your best player the ball. But when you're forcing the ball into double coverage and you're not giving the ball to Josh Jacobs, you're throwing the ball more. We just haven't found success, which seems so counterintuitive. It seems let me, incorrect. Let me take a step back here, sir. Let me take a step back. Take a big step back. See the whole, maybe, see the whole maybe Devontae Adams isn't getting the targets because we're not throwing the ball as much overall. We're running the ball more in those games. Um, that might be it as well. I need to look. I should look up. Um, ah, ah, you see, a man. It's from the same movie. What movie is that from? You got me. I don't know. It rhymes with my schmischmack Greek wedding. <laughs> uh, oh, and then in the game, and then the games. So the games he's had the least amount of targets, right? Yeah. Four targets. Green Bay win. Five how many, targets. How many, oh yeah, Green Bay. How many? How many rushes did uh, Jacobs have? In that? I don't have that in front of me. Let me get it for you right now. Hold you, on. You do Hold that. On. You do that. But here's here's the other way, right? The least amount of targets he's had in game four, Green Bay, win. Second least he's had in a game five, New England, win. Uh, three games with seven targets, uh, one and two. Eight targets, loss, nine targets, win. Okay, let's see. Wait, wait, so the wait, less wait, we wait. throw him the ball, on, the more on, we on. win. The more we throw the ball. You said Green Bay, right? Green Bay. Green Bay, 20 carries. Okay, what's the next game? Uh, New England. 25 carries. Next game. Uh, Detroit. Detroit, 15 carries. Uh, Giants. Crap. 26 time. carries. Three and one. Chiefs. 20 carries. Three and two. There it is. There's your recipe. It's, yeah, you got to give – You got. he's not getting targeted as much because we're not throwing the ball as much overall. It's not that we're not throwing to him; is we're just not throwing the ball much as much overall. And it's 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 Josh Jacobs, man. I I, I, I keep saying it, and everyone's like, "Oh, what if the run's not working? The run wasn't working great against the Jets until that forty-yard run." So I don't I don't understand where you're coming from. The alternative is throw the ball to Devontae, and that leads to losses. For, no, there's the difference between throwing the ball and forcing the ball. Turco, 74-77. Soto won't say it, so I will. That's his favorite blanket because that's where the ladies get the pepino for catching my drift. This is an inside joke, and I had to bring it up because I don't know what it's, what, you're, what this was. Turco is absolutely right. That's my banging blanket Okay, because it's soft. Is Whether it, I'm on my back or I'm geez. on my knees or on my side. If you're upside down. Upside down. Or she's upside down. Or if the fist yeah, is in your that ass. That is my favorite blanket. I'll tell you that right now. Is it that, that tiger one I see in the background? Yeah, is that's my favorite blanket. Okay. It's 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 warm, but like if it's not super warm, or like if I poke my feet out from underneath, I'm just like perfectly fine. Yeah, because I don't you, really like sleeping with a lot of stuff, you know. Okay. But that blanket's definitely like one of my legit blankets. You need to have uh, you got you got to bang your chick on a raider blanket just to really like see if she's the one. You know what I mean? Pillaging just for fun. And knock you down and upside down. Damn. And laugh. He's conquered and won. All right, that's it for us. Like, comment, subscribe. You guys know the drill. Uh, been a little quiet. You busted him now. You're just like, I'm a raider. Next time I busted that, I'm going to say that. If she grabs her stuff and leaves, you're like, all right, say lovey, you're not the one. If she 
she like rolls back. If she even like kind of rolls her eyes, but still kind of chuckles, you're like, okay, you're the one. It's the final test. You can go, you can go meet mama now. Uh, I was a little, we were a little quiet this week. Uh, we both got really busy. Didn't have a chance to do as much stuff as we'd like. Um, that all stops. That changes. We'll get back to our regular ways. Um, we'll do a live show immediately following Raiders Vikings this Sunday in the afternoon, as we always do. And any new breaking anything or newsworthy things or anything that we just feel like talking about, we will stay posted on everything. Uh, memberships are up. You can become a member today. Click the join. Uh, you get the videos before anyone else. Uh, there's another option where you can send in video questions. Um, a lot of other perks coming as well. You get, you get the video like a good 10 hours before anyone. It's not like you get them like an hour before. You get them like the day before everyone else does. Be the cool kid in town. Be like, hey, have you seen the auto windbags yet? Because I have. Sucker. Sucker. Almost. Didn't do it. No. 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 What's the score? Where, where, where are we at? Uh, tied. Still tied. Oh, we neither one of us did today. Oh, all no. right. Well done. Getting better at this. Look, you see, we're 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 heading we're heading up to uh to to uh we're moving on up. We're moving up to what is it called a uh, uh, network network yeah. status. Slowly but surely. Slowly but surely. Don't call me surely. Until then, knock on wood if you're with me. Oh.